Welcome back to the Kids in Need of Grace podcast, where the mission is to build the kingdom one sibling at a time. It's Justin Nelson here, back with another episode. This will be episode six. In this one, I'm going to title this one uh, a deep dive. We're going to do a deep dive into 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you don't mind giving us a like, a subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you can to support, it really goes a long way in helping me out, but also goes a long way in building the kingdom. So this one is going to be a little different than uh, most of my other episodes have been. This has actually been something that I've wanted to record for at least a month, month and a half, maybe something that got put on my heart a long time ago. Um, at the end of, or right towards the end of one of the sermons that my pastor was preaching uh, a few Sundays ago, he mentioned uh, the story of Jehoshaphat. I had never heard the story before, and I just kind of was interested about, you know, what his story looks like. So um, I looked it up and found it in Second Chronicles 20, and uh, the focus there is on Jehoshaphat's prayer. Um, so one thing I really want to do um, today is that the focus of this message is going to be, I want you all to leave with practical steps of how to pray in times of uncertainty, in times of anxiety, in times of confusion, and, and in those times where we just don't know what to do. Um, so that's the focus. I feel like Joseph I did a great job of that in this chapter, and I kind of want to give you a breakdown of things that he did that we can apply to our own lives when we are uncertain or um, not sure where to turn. So uh, with that being said, um, I will open up with giving like a quick summary of who Jehoshaphat is. Like his father, King Jehoshaphat was faithful to the Lord and received God's blessings. He strengthened his kingdom both spiritually and militarily and appointed teachers to go throughout Judah and teach the people concerning the book of the law. Large armies served Jehoshaphat and he built up fortresses and store cities in Judah. He had great riches and honor. He was criticized, however, for his association with an ungodly northern kingdom, um, including a marriage alliance with King Ahab. Such alliances caused the king to help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord. But despite his shortcomings, Jehoshaphat is remembered primarily for his great faith and leadership as one who did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So like all of us, you know, he wasn't perfect. I think overall the Bible looks at him as a faithful man and a man who did what God called him to do, but he obviously also had his shortcomings. But in this chapter specifically, um, I just want to go over, especially for those of us that are in, you know, positions of leadership, or I feel like at some point in time, God is going to call all of us to lead, all of us to be an example, right? We are to be the light and salt in this world. So there's going to be people that are looking to us for advice or looking to us for encouragement or whatever the case may be. And I think, um, especially in the times where as a leader, you're uncertain, um, Jehoshaphat's prayer and, and what he what he did in this moment is especially helpful. So I'm going to give kind of a quick summary of the entire chapter, and then I'll go verse by verse and talk about the things that I think he did very, very well. So King Jehoshaphat, king over Judah and Jerusalem, they are surrounded by um, nations that are coming to attack them, right? The nations, the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, some of the Meunites, um, they're coming to attack them. And this is a group of people that earlier the Israelites had an opportunity to overtake and defeat, but God told them not to do so. And so now they're in a situation where now these people, these neighboring countries are trying to come and attack them. And they are, the people of Judah and Jerusalem are completely overpowered. Like Jehoshaphat is um, scared and afraid of, you know, how am I going to protect these people? Like, Lord, we know we're not in a position to uh, defend ourselves. So um, he has really no choice but to turn to God. And through, um, you know, his obedience and turning to God, the people of uh, Judah and Jerusalem do um, ultimately see victory. So that's overall uh, like the, the broad 
uh, summary of this chapter, but now I want to just take time to deep dive into a few things that I think Joseph had does really well that can help us, like I said, in times of uncertainty. Okay, so I'm going to read the first three verses, and then we'll go into some of the things that I think uh, Joseph had does really well in the situation. So it says, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with some of them the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hezan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast all throughout Judah. Um, so we see clearly that you know there's people that are coming against them. He doesn't really know what to do. Um, and the first thing he does is seek the Lord. And I think that's where, if we're going to have effective prayer lives, if we're going to get through those times where it's uncertain and we're not exactly sure what to do or where to turn, the first place we need to turn is to God. And I think this is a great um, practical example of what the Bible says to do in, you look at verses like uh, Matthew 6, 33, where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Or in 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. Like King Jehoshaphat, really in this moment of uncertainty and not knowing what to do, the first thing he did was turn to God. Uh, and then also in verse 3, <clears throat> it says that he proclaimed a fast all throughout Judah. So here's another example of why it's so important for us to fast, why it's so important for us to really humble ourselves. I think that's what it says in uh, what is it, 1 Peter 5, 6, where it says, he humble, uh, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you, right? So when he took that time to humble himself, and, and you know, when we fast, we are pretty much saying, Lord, like I want you more than I want, X, Y, Z. Uh, typically people fast from food, fast from social media, uh, fast from... Uh, desserts or they only drink water or whatever the case may be but in you deciding to do that you're making that decision of Lord I want you more than I want these things I'm humbling myself under your wisdom your guidance and what you'd have me to do in this moment or I'm humbling myself in order to be able to better hear from you these things may be a distraction in my life and I, know, I recognize that I want to draw closer to you in this season um, so Whatever that looks like for you in your season, I know right now the, the reason this message hits so hard for me is actually because I am uh, in, a, in the middle of a similar situation to this where there's things in my life right now that are kind of just uncertain and I'm not really sure how it's going to pan out and it's completely out of my control. And uh, right now I'm you know taking the time to you know do what I can to pray and, and seek, the, seek the Lord first and, and fasting and um, all these things that... You know, I'm going to name throughout this this chapter, but um, that's just another reason I guess this is so especially important to me and that I want to relay this message to you all like, to, to, you know, to pray without ceasing, you know, to to fast and to humble yourself in order to be able to hear um, from the Lord on, on what to do in your situation. So I think those are the first two things that he does very well. Um, the third thing that I think he does um, in order to hear from God and in order to, to pray effectively in this time is find community to encourage him. So in verse 4 it says, And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. So uh, King Jehoshaphat being the king, like all these people are looking to him, right? They look to him for um, direction for how their countries and how their um, how the cities are supposed to function. Um, he looks to them, they look to him as their leader, they look to him as the one that they can rely on in times of um, uncertainty when there's warring nations or when there's conflict between you know them and other cities like they're going to look to the king to be like okay what are we supposed to do like how are we supposed to align and I think when they recognize that Jehoshaphat 
humbles himself and he prays and he seeks the Lord and he fasts, then it calls, it calls for all of the people underneath him to do the same. So he sets a great example. And then we see that um, they, they, he, he finds and has community around him to encourage him in his fast, to encourage him in his prayer, and to seek the Lord along with him. And I think in our personal lives, that's another thing that we really need if we're going to see God come through for us, especially in times of uncertainty, is we need to find other people that are willing to pray with us, that maybe even be, uh, may even be willing to fast with us, and to join us in seeking the Lord, to join us in um, just trying to hear a word from him and, and, and that want to be there to encourage us. So that's the third thing that I think he does a great job of is, you know, getting the people together and being like, listen, this is the situation we're in. You know, we, we ought to humble ourselves. We ought to fast. We ought to pray because we, we can't do this in our own strength. And they follow him. So that's, that's a great example. Um, and then the fourth thing is when he, um, when he prays, but I even break down how he prays. So I have in my notes kind of like a 4A, 4B, 4C kind of view. Uh, so I'll walk you all through that. And the first thing that I have under how he prays is he appeals to God's position and authority. Uh, so we, he starts his prayer in verse 6. He says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, and your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. I think this is a great example of how Jesus told us to pray. We look in Matthew 6 where, you know, we you have the Lord's Prayer and he says to start our prayers with our Father who art in heaven. Because it, it is a community thing. It's a thing where we come together and we recognize that we aren't in this alone. That it's not just about, oh, my Father who's in heaven. But if we're all praying together, if, you know, two or three are gathered, we know that he is in the midst, right? So we, we can pray knowing that he is our Father. He is our God in heaven. He is our authority, right? And... It also just uh, goes to show that he knew that the power that he knew the power that God had and that God was able to come through for him. So in our situations, you know, if we uh, sometimes we need God to be our sustainer. Sometimes we need God to be, you know, our rock, our refuge. Sometimes we need him to be our father. Sometimes we need him to be our ruler or, um, you know, or whatever God needs us to be in that moment. We need to go to him and recognize him and his authority um, in order to be that for us. So I think that's a great thing that um, Jehoshaphat lays out in the first portion of his prayer. And then the second thing he does is, um, I said he keeps receipts of God's faithfulness. So we see that in verses 7 through 9. So 7 through 9 it says, Did you not, O God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in affliction, and you will hear and save. And especially verse 9. Verse 9 comes from um, a few chapters a few chapters earlier in Second Chronicles 6, where um, Solomon is dedicating um, the temple. It's a part of Solomon's prayer to the temple, right? And um, it just shows how Jehoshaphat was well aware of how God had moved in the past. He was like, Lord, you drove out these inhabitants like you've done all this before so i can know i can count on you again to come through and i think that applies to us because if you think about it you know up until this point god has been nothing but faithful to you so why would we doubt him now in the midst of the uncertainty in the midst of not knowing what's going to go on we can remember and wrestle the fact that lord you brought me this far and you didn't bring me this far just to bring me this far like you 
have been there for me day by day. I continue to wake up with breath in my lungs, with a roof over my head, with clothes on my back, with shoes on my feet. Like you continue to make a way every time I call on your name. And then even be specific with God in prayer. Like, Lord, you came through, you know, when my rent was due and I didn't know how I was going to get due. You made a way for that. When my child was sick and it looked like there was no uh, where to turn. There was no where to, um, it didn't look good. Lord, you made a way. Like there's, keep receipts of how God works in your life. Because I promise you it'll come in handy in those times where, you know, you're uncertain or you're not sure. And you could just look back and be like, why am I worried? Why am I afraid? Because this is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that if he's done it before, that he can and will do it again. And I know that he's a loving father. Um, in Matthew 7, it says that, you know, we being evil know how to give gifts, give good gifts to our father. So why would we expect anything less from our heavenly father? We know that he wants and loves and desires to give to his children. So as long as we ask him, so as long as we seek him and we, and we um, you know, are knocking, um, he, he's willing to answer us. So... Uh, just carry that attitude into your uncertainty, into, um, you know, when you're going to God in prayer. Just be like, Lord, I recognize you as the ultimate authority. I recognize you as Jehovah Jireh. I recognize you as my sustainer, as my provider, as my father. And I come to you now with um, my issue. Lord, I've seen how you've come through before, um, and this is what I'm going through now. Um, and actually, that gets into the next point I wanted to make. He explains his current situation in verses 10 and 11. So in verses 10 and 11, he says, And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Now, so he's continued to, you know, throw God's word back in his face. He's like, Lord, you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt. Like, we had an opportunity to overtake these people, and you wouldn't let us do it. They're pretty much saying, Lord, don't make us pay for our obedience to you before. Lord, here's our situation now. We're coming to you now. Behold. And we're asking you to um, make a way for us. And then um, the next part I have is his submission and humility. So in verse 12, he says, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And in my study of this chapter, that's, that's the verse that's really just hit home for me is, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And in my, in my life right now, there's, there's been a lot of that. I was telling a friend earlier this week, like, it's been a long time in my life since something that I planned went according to plan. Um, it seems like every weekend when I'm trying to record, then something comes up and I can't record. There's just so many things right now that I'm just kind of, working through and all that I have is God's word. All I have is, you know, the promise he's given me. All I have is, you know, just just faith and trust in him because I, I don't know how um, things in my life are gonna work out right now and I don't know how to uh, plan or prepare for it. Um, he really has me in a position right now where I'm only able to trust in word i'm only able to rely on what the bible says that's that's as much as he's given me and i know that that's a situation that we've all found ourselves in um, in some way shape or form or a situation where it's just like god i don't know how i'm going to get out of this i don't know how you're going to make a way i know i can't do this myself lord i have no choice but to put my eyes upon you and to seek you for deliverance and there's no better position to be in um quite honestly i think any other position is a position of pride, a position of 
independence from God, a position of self-reliance, uh, or reliance on others, thinking that somebody else is going to be your way out, or somebody else is in control of your destiny. Like, no, the best place to be is a place of humility and submission to God, because then you, you really do open the door for him to do miracles and do whatever he needs to do to make a way for you. Um, so I think that's just a great approach that um, King Jehoshaphat takes, is just really humbling himself, recognizing God's authority, you know, keeping his word close to him, keeping his word in his heart so that he's able to be like, Lord, this is what you said, and I've been obedient, and I want you, I want to hold you to your word, and recognizing that, Lord, all I have is your word, all I have is you, I seek my, I, I seek you, I look my eyes up to you because I have nowhere else to go. And it's, it's beautiful to see really how God answers him in this moment. If you look at uh, verses 15 through 17 in this, um, in this chapter, it says, uh, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them, behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jerusalem. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. I just think it's beautiful how detailed and specific God's answer is to his people. He gave them a specific, detailed word of, like, this is what you need to do. And I think sometimes we, we forget that God still answers us like that. There are some situations where he'll be like, you know, this is exactly what you need to do, exactly where you need to go, exactly how it's going to happen. All you have to do is just stand firm, hold your position, just just continue to trust in me, hold on to me. I will get you through it. I will, you know, make sure that the way is cleared. I will straighten your paths, like Proverbs 3, 6 says. And he makes a way. Um, so I think that's another thing just to keep in mind, that God is going to answer you. God hears your prayers. God hears you calling out, and he's going to answer. It may not be the answer you want to hear, but it's going to be the best answer for you. So just continue to keep that in mind when you're seeking God for help, especially in times of uncertainty and um, not knowing where to turn. And I really love the response of the people of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat. You see that in verses 18 and 19, where it says, Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. You will, see, you will be established, believe in his prophets, you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire, as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever. So they immediately, based on the word of God, they had not even seen the victory in the battle yet. They immediately went to praise. They immediately went to giving thanks to God based on his word. And I think so often we wait for God to show us the victory and then we want to give him grace or give him thanks and give him his praises. But um, it takes a different kind of faith and trust in God to be able to Thank him and give him praise and give him the glory that he deserves before you even see the victory. And I pray that we can be people that reach that point in our faith where we know for sure that God is going to come through based off his word. Not based on seeing it with our eyes, but based on knowing it in our hearts. And um, especially, I think I read a little more in 18 19. I read 18, 18 through 21. But at the end of 21, it says, He appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. 
they sent out the praise team. They sent out the praise warriors. They sent out the choir, the praise dance, all that type of stuff. They sent that out before they sent the soldiers, before they sent those who were supposed to fight the army. Because God had already told them before, you don't have to fight. If you just stand firm, I'm going to make the way for you. You don't have to do anything. And they really believed that. And they walked by faith by sending out the praise team before the army. Because... You know, you can hear one thing and be like, yeah, God, that sounds good, but you still, you know, you still have your guard up or you're still prepared to defend yourself if you feel like you have to defend yourself. But they were really like, no, like, we're not going to defend ourselves. We're going to completely give in to what God has said and trust that he's telling the truth and send out praises before we even see the victory. And the, the best part about it is really just how God rewards them in this moment. So uh, verses 22 through 30. It says, And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. When Judah came into the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, and precious things which they could take for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil that was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah, where they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord, the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the fear of God came on all the kingdoms, all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. I just think it's beautiful that, like, especially at the end, where it says the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet and God gave him rest all around. When they trusted God, when they believed that He was going to come through. Not only did they have to not lay a finger on anybody, it took them three, four days to gather all the blessings that God had prepared for them. And then after that, they experienced rest. They experienced God's true rest. They experienced rest that they couldn't experience, you know, through their own strength, that they couldn't experience if they would have, you know, taken up their swords and gone to battle. They experienced a different type of rest and a different type of blessing that they would have, then they would have ever been able to experience had they tried to do it in their own strength, had they not just sought the Lord with their hearts. And not just trusted in his word and trusted that he was going to come through for them. I believe that he can do that same thing for you. I believe that he can do that same thing for me. He can do that same thing for all of us. That if we would truly just put our put our swords down, put, try, stop trying to defend ourselves, stop trying to defend ourselves, stop trying to take vengeance into our own hands. Or it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Like, we don't have to fight these battles. We don't have to go out and war against everybody that, you know, has something to say about us or does us wrong or try to figure everything out on our own, that we really do have a loving Father who's willing to fight our battles for us if we just believe that He's telling the truth. If we believe that He really said, I will fight the battle, then we have nothing to worry about. We can experience and reap the benefits of a victory won um, once He does what He is going to do. And like I said before, it may not look the way you think it's going to look, and it may not, you know, you may not be able to prepare for it. We can just rest in knowing that God is going to make a way for his children. That he would not leave us or forsake us. And that he's going to continually fight for us. So as long as we seek him, uh, seek him first for help. Um, my prayer for you is that, I, you know, I'm not sure what it is you're going through. I'm not sure what it is you've been through. But I know that 
if you're still here, that means that there's there's still more for you. Um, that God still has a purpose for you. But that also means that there are going to be trials. There are going to be things that come along um, uh, in life. Uh, what does the Lord say? Um, yeah, you will have trials. You will have tri tribulations. But take heart because I overcome the world, Jesus says. He's overcome the world. He's already given us the victory. So we don't have to fight. We don't have to try to figure everything out on our own. We can just rest assured knowing that God is going to take care of us. And that through Christ, we are victors. Through Christ, we have already received the blessing. We've already reaped the benefits. And we can have a rest in knowing that we don't have to try to protect ourselves. These people, Jehoshaphat had rest every night because he knew there was no neighboring country around him or no nation around them that was going to attack him. He knew. What does it say? The realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. There was nobody talking about trying to come against them, trying to start anything with them because God was on their side. The neighboring countries were like, we're not going to mess with him because we know that we will lose if we try to go against his almighty God. So I just pray that we would be people that will humble ourselves, that will seek God and recognize his authority and give him everything. Tell him the situation. Tell him, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you, um, dear Lord. And uh, Just be patient and trust that he's going to come through, that he's going to make a way. And that at the end, um, you will have peace. You will have rest. And share this with a friend. Share this with somebody that needs to hear that God is fighting their battles for them. That they don't have to continue to go to sleep anxious and uncertain about how he's going to make a way. Because he wants to make a way if we just submit to him. So, I know somebody that needs it. I know you know somebody that needs it. Let's just continue to build the kingdom one sibling at a time. It's Justin Nelson, and I'm out. God bless.